boom blast and we are live my name is sean alexander and this is the wrap it up on blast raps post game show as your toronto raptors do it again they've won their fifth in a row they improved to nine and two at home 17 and four a league best 17 and four after they defeat the Miami Heat 125-115. My name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you for joining in with me, tuning in with me on the Wrap It Up podcast once again. Um, if you would like to ask some questions, as always, you can find this live after each and every Raptor game on Twitter, at Shell Alexander. Click the link. You will get into Periscope, where you can... There's a nice little bar on the side. You can type in questions, comments, your thoughts on this Raptors win. Or you can head to Instagram. Instagram's a little different view, but also it's just another way to interact because this is for the people. We want to extend this conversation and have this talk with you live after each and every Raptor game. So let's get this thing going. This was a weird game again because it was one of those where the Raptors get out to a big lead and then the other team comes pouring back. So I guess that'll be the first question I'll ask right off the top. Get your opinions on that. Read them a little later. But why do the Raptors keep blowing leads? I don't really... I, I kind of have an answer on that, but I'll get to that a little later when you guys start commenting in here, both of the group chats. But Raptors, they end up winning by 10. But this game was, you know, another game where I keep saying this. Kyle Lowry, when... When Kyle Lowry is on and Kyle is engaged early and a few ways to tell that is how Kyle comes out and he is dishing the ball, right? If he, you notice even after a make or a miss, but especially on the makes, you'll see Kyle Lowry every once in a while, like wave the guy, whoever's inbounding the ball to hurry up because he wants to go. That's how the Raptors want to play. That's how Nick Nurse wants to play. And when Kyle Lowry is, in, is engaged in doing that, the ball movement is just crazy. And that's what the Raptors did early. Kyle Lowry just, you know, he had a great, great start to this game. And it was distributing. He started off, I want to say, with six assists in the first quarter. And a lot of those early assists, it was all like a leak out. And I think early on, I, I want to say there were three of them early on, if I'm not mistaken, someone will... Uh, will correct me, but there's three early on where he finds Pascal, he finds Kawhi, he finds OG on the fast break. And these are just outlet passes that's over the my over Miami's defense and it leads to just easy baskets for the Toronto Raptors. And when they get easy baskets like that, easy baskets in transition, it just opens everything else up, right? Even for Kawhi Leonard, because I still don't think Kawhi Leonard is scoring and getting baskets within the Raptors offense. What I mean by that is I feel like he's getting most of his buckets just off the ISO, right? They toss it to him. He makes a quick decision, whether it's to dribble pull up or he's taking it to the cup, but I feel like it's not yet in the flow of the offense, right? It's still mostly Kawhi's damage is being done through the ISO game. But when you get a guy an easy layup, when you get a guy, you know, even Pascal, same thing. You get a guy an easy layup, and then that gives them that little extra confidence. Next time down the floor, I think we saw it with Pascal, right? Pascal, you get him the easy bucket. Next time he gets the ball, steps out, knocks down a three. 
once you see that ball go through the hoop, it just gives you a little extra confidence. And we saw that. Kyle Lowry came out early with the purpose that he was going to get his guys easy buckets, and that was going to get them going. And Kyle Lowry finished again. He continues to lead the NBA in assists. Um, he is the high assist guy in the NBA. And I'm pretty sure Kyle Lowry finished this game as my ESPN.com box score freezes right when I'm about to go to it. But Kyle Lowry finished with 12 points and 10 assists in this game. But again, I always talk about this. It's not always about the assist numbers per se, but it's more how you're controlling the tempo of the game. That's the big difference between point guard play to me. How you control the tempo. How you control this game. Because the Miami Heat, they want to play slow. They want to grind it out. They got a lot of physical players. They play solid defense, but they want to play a half-court game where Spolstra can draw up sets, right? He's a great, he's great at drawing up plays. They work better in the half-court offense, slow it down. Then when they get you on offense, it's a lot of clutching. It's a lot of grabbing. They're super physical. Just look at JV's face in this game. JV took a lot of bows in this game, and he it's a battle. It's a battle against his team, right? And I think you saw from the Toronto Raptors that they're able to play a lot of different styles. That's a, the other benefit of having the depth that this team does. You see JV gets his start today. Um, he started instead of Surge as they continue this rotation. And the best part of this to me is whoever starts, whoever comes off the bench, the big part is Nick Nurse is putting these guys in, the, in positions to succeed. He's putting night after night, JV is in the best position for him to succeed. And in this game, it was him going head-to-head -head against Whiteside. And if we remember back to that playoff series a couple years ago, Miami Heat and the Raptors, JV was going off. JV is solid, right? JV was just doing his thing, couldn't be stopped. And the other part to this is when he's going up against a guy like Whiteside and he's fresh, when I'm, he's only playing 24 minutes in this game. Serge also played 24 minutes, right? JV, now in those minutes, he can go all out. He's going after every single rebound, right? And when you're going after every single rebound, you're active, you're in the game. Kyle is going to make that little extra effort to find you now under the basket. JV had a couple alley-oop dunks, right? Add that into a lot of putback dunks, you know, rebounds, putting it back in. He's getting a lot of buckets in the paint and getting them super easy. He shot 8 of 10 tonight, 17 and 10 for Valanchunas. That's when he's most effective, right? The other part to the Raptors starting lineup, and we talked about this on the podcast a couple, couple episodes back, but I was saying that I noticed how Nick Nurse was kind of juggling his lineup and what he would do, what I thought he was doing anyways, was taking Pascal, like Pascal starts, but taking him out early so that you can bring him back in that second half, or sorry, not the second half, in that second quarter with the bench mob. And you're almost reuniting that bench mob squad that was so dominant last year, which was Pascal, uh, Pascal, Freddie, Delon, right? I, I just think like that was the kind of the key. And if you notice how the substitution patterns were going, that's what I thought Nick Nurse was doing. And then today I see a tweet from uh, I think it was Eric Kareen tweeted this out, and he says, as I try to bring this up, uh, Nurse said the idea is to get Pascal and JV out early, and that gets them, sorry, if I could read in English. Nurse said, idea is to get Pascal and JV out to, 
out early to get them some old school bench mob looks. JV obviously is a more similar look to what Perto brought to the table last year. And that bench mob, as we know, was crazy. So you see that a lot now. Pascal gets to be almost featured with the bench mob when he gets those minutes. But the other thing is, as much as you're helping the bench mob, the strange look for other teams when the Raptors go to their bench and they're going to their bench to bring on Surge and OG, those two guys could start on the Raptors, right? That's pretty crazy. You're going to your bench and the first two guys off your bench could easily be starting and no one would bat an eye if those two guys were in your starting lineup. So it's essentially the Raptors playing with their full starters for the whole first quarter, right? It's so crazy, the depth on this team, and that is a strength. And as of now, and, and the way that the Raptors are playing now, the success that they're having now isn't what this team is going to be come the end of the season. What I mean by that is I was talking about Kawhi and how he's getting his buckets, right? There are some times where it looks like he's over-dribbling for Kawhi, right? Or he's just he has the ball and he's going to take his guy one-on-one, right? And that's because most of his stuff isn't coming within the offense because, as mentioned before, I don't really know if he knows the full offense yet, right? And that's going to take a while. It's also going to take him a while to understand how to play with Kyle, how Kyle has to learn how to play with him, who's going to cut when. But he's figuring it out. I feel like every game there's at least two or three plays where Kawhi drives and he's starting to get used to how JV rolls to the basket or how OG rolls to the basket or how the Raptors are set up to always have a guy fading into the corner and that corner three is going to be open. So just watching these guys improve and get used to each other night in, night out, it's pretty crazy. And the other part about Kawhi Leonard's game, Kawhi shot 8 of 20 tonight, 29 and 10. Again, 29 and 10. 10 rebounds, 10 defensive rebounds. Like when we talk about how good Kawhi Leonard is on defense, the old adage, your old high school coach would tell you the defensive possession isn't done until you grab the the defensive rebound, right? That's when you finish the possession. 10 defensive rebounds for Kawhi Leonard. He's just all over the place. It's just crazy what what this guy does and every night I'm I'm still being wowed by this guy. How many games in 21 games into the season? I know he hasn't played all of the 21, but you get my point. You know what I'm trying to say, right? And the other big part is Easily when the, the Heat make that run in the third quarter, right? Dwayne Wade is going crazy. Shouts to D-Wade. I'll get to D-Wade in a second for sure. But D-Wade is going crazy. The bench wasn't able to stop D-Wade. Freddie got some. OG got some. DeLon got some. But that run in the fourth quarter where they cut it to, I wanted, it was down to single digits. It was apparent Nick Nurse had to call a timeout and Kawhi was coming back in. And that's just the added benefit when we talk about the difference between good players, great players, and superstar players, or star or all-star players, and then your superstar players, right? The different ways you can affect the game. Yes, you're bringing back in Kawhi Leonard to like get buckets, but also you have to, you're you're putting a rested Kawhi now on a tired Dwayne Wade, and that is why the Raptors are. Like, their ceiling is is crazy right now. Because you could tell, like, they're, they're playing at such a high level right now, but you know they still have so much more that they can improve. And that's the scary part. But flip side to Miami for a second. Because we've got to give some love to Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade, and I'll admit off the top, 
I got a soft spot for D Wade. I used to cover the Raptors a lot, and D Wade was my first like get like superstar one on one interview was with Dwayne Wade. And so I'll I'll always I'll always rep D Wade. He was always like for a superstar player, especially, there was no like nicer superstar that I ever interacted with than Dwayne Wade. And that carried over for a couple years, you know, like whether it was all-star games or whenever he would come to Toronto, I would always get a chance to talk to him and he was always super nice, always super cool, always made time. So I'll admit my bias off the front end here when I'm talking about D. Wade. But to watch him do, like, I had to look up. Every time they kept announcing how many points Dwayne Wade had, I was like, really? Because it just seemed so odd because you're watching him get buckets and it was almost like, you know, when people talk about the old man at the Y and his game's kind of in slow motion and you're wondering how is he getting these shots off and he's up faking, up faking, and it's working every time. That's what D Wade was doing, but he got 35 points. And yes, most of that damage came against the Raptors bench. But at this point in his career, year 16 for Dwayne Wade, I mean, that is crazy. On the flip side, that can't happen if you're the Toronto Raptors. But as we remove and take a step back, if we're wondering too, going back to the Vince Carter thing, that was pathetic, right? People know, and, and I read some of the comments a couple podcasts back about people saying I'm super salty about how the Dwayne Wade, or sorry, about how the Vince Carter thing went down, right? When I'm watching Dwayne Wade, it's like, and I know it's just this game. I'm not saying Dwayne Wade's having a spectacular season or anything like that. But I'm just saying watching Dwayne Wade, what he did tonight, go for 35 points. Like, he's not just chucking. And it's within the the flow of the game, right? And watching D-Wade do that in his last year on his, you know, victory lap, so to speak, it was just pretty cool to see. I don't know. I mean, they still have other games. I'm pretty sure Miami still has another game when they come to Toronto. So this might be, who knows, injuries, barring injuries, this might be D-Wade's last time in Toronto. But for him to put up 35 points, and again, on 22 shots, so that's a good, pretty efficient night for D-Wade. It was a little something for the old school D-Wade, the driving to the basket, the tough lay-ins. He's hitting some threes. If not for D-Wade, this game was probably a 30-point blowout. Um, But I guess the other thing I want to go to here, and hold on, let me get some comments here from the people in Instagram. Instagram, what's up? I see you. Uh, let me get some comments here, if I could hit the button properly, and obviously I can't. Here we go. Uh, what does Kawhi have to do to be treated like superstar by the refs? It's ridiculous. There were a lot of plays where Kawhi Leonard, there was one where, was it Bam or uh, was it uh, James Johnson that blatantly just grabbed his arm? Like it was blatantly obvious that it was a foul and the refs didn't call it. There's some tough plays where Kawhi's driving and, you know, when the contact's there, if that's LeBron, that's a foul. If that's KD, that's a foul. Steph, you know, like that caliber of player. Now, Kawhi's still working his way back from being one of those guys, but the other part of that is when you watch LeBron and KD and those guys play, they spend a lot of time talking to the refs, right? LeBron's working the refs pretty much the whole game. Kind of like think about Kyle Lowry. And the way that we watch Kyle Lowry work the refs, right? Kawhi is, as we know, he's a very quiet guy. He's a fun guy. 
but he's a very quiet guy. And so it was interesting to see him like, yeah, Kawhi got a tech, which I'm pretty sure, I think Josh Lewenberg tweeted out that was his first career, the first tech of his career, which is pretty crazy. But Kawhi was arguing, to see him arguing and like actually yell, he grabbed my arm. Like, I don't know. If you're a ref, you got to watch that and think like, this is a guy that's pretty quiet. For him to actually be arguing, it must be a foul. But it was a weird game. I don't know. I think for him, he's just got to keep going, and he's got to get back to that elite level and on a consistent basis, right? Like, when you miss a full season, maybe it takes a bit of time for the refs to get used to giving you the superstar calls again. I don't know. Or maybe you got to earn those superstar calls again. I don't know. But you're definitely right. Uh Kawhi does need to continue to get those superstar calls, especially the way that he's playing, right? He's not backing down from the contact at all. James Johnson wants to try to bully you. He wants to try to rough you up. And Kawhi was taking that challenge and taking him to the cup. And there were at least two or three things that could have been called and ones, and they weren't called. Um, continuing here, another comment from Instagram. Siakam's ability to punish smaller players and still be able to guard them on the other side is amazing Is amazing for his bright future. Pascal Siakam, the glow-up continues. If you look at tonight's game, Pascal doing damage with 21 and 6, add in 3 assists, add in 2 steals, add in 2 blocks. He was 8 of 9 from the floor. His post-game... His decision-making, especially, is getting a lot better. But even just on the fly, as soon as he notices he has a smaller guy on him, he's backing him down, taking him, taking him right to the cup. And left hand, right hand, he's finishing. It doesn't matter. There was a play early on that I think really got the crowd into it, that got the team into it, where he got the ball on the wing. And he drove with his left hand. And knowing that it was white side that was coming to contest, he knew he had to go up and dunk it, and he threw it down on Whiteside. And Whiteside is a big-time shot blocker in the NBA, obviously. And Siakam caught him. This kid, I don't know. It, it's crazy because the stats will be there, and the stats are what people are going to point to as his points-per-game average goes up and up and up. But watching this guy play on a night-to-night -night basis, the energy that he plays with, the the amount that it affects the rest of the team that this guy is able to grab a rebound and just start the fast break, and now Kyle Lowry just becomes another shooter on the wing, it's crazy. Plus, you're catching the other team off guard because you're starting the fast break that, that much quicker because the guy who's grabbing the rebound is just getting it and going. But again, his decision-making on the break, is he going to take it coast-to-coast? -coast? Is he going to find the open cutter or the open guy at the three-point line? His game is just crazy. But the thing to remember, and especially for younger basketball players watching Pascal Siakam, the thing to remember is the reason why he's in this position is because he's been busting his ass on defense, right? And when you do that, then you get rewarded with all the other goodies, getting to play on offense, letting them trust you, Nick Nurse trusting you with the ball. But it starts at the defensive end. And there were a couple plays late and this is what separates, I think, the Raptors from the good teams to the top-tier teams in the league, is when they have that starting unit out there, and it's Pascal, Danny Green, Kyle Lowry, and Kawhi. And if it's Serge, great. If not, still legit. But when those guys decide that they're going to defend, 
it's pretty much lights out for 95% of the rest of the for 95% of the rest of the league. It's lights out once those guys decide to defend. There was a play where Pascal basically they swung the ball from one end of the perimeter to the other and he was out there contesting every single shot and no one was able to get the shot off. Like it's just crazy the length that he has but also the energy that he plays with. There's a lot of guys, it's the NBA. Everybody can play basketball. Everybody's pretty good. Every guy was the best was probably the best guy on their college team, obviously the best guy in their high school, maybe the best guy in their state growing up. But it comes down to effort, right? And the effort that this kid plays with night in, night out. Look, it's going to get you off effort alone. You're going to get two or three baskets. The way that the Raptors play, the way that their offense is run, the way that Kyle Lowry's moving the ball, off effort alone, Siakam's going to get 10 points a game, right? Look at his shooting percentages, right? I'm going to bring up his box score and just go through for the majority of the season what Pascal Siakam has been shooting from the field because, I mean, yes, he'll hit the odd three every once in a while, but for the most part, everything's in the paint. Everything's at a super high percentage. For the month of November, for the month of November, Pascal Siakam is shooting 63%. So we went 8 of 9 tonight. The last game against Washington was basically the, the first time he scored in single digits all month, right? But you go before that, he was 9 of 13. Before that, 7 of 11. Okay, an off night at 4 of 10. But then 6 of 11, 8 of 12, 8 of 12, 6 of 7, 8 of 11, 7 of 11. Like, that's all effort. That's all heart. Do you know what I mean? And I know it sounds cliched, but especially in this NBA where most teams are trying to play at a crazy pace, if you're just like the Energizer Bunny going, going, going all the time, you're going to get buckets. Um, I'm going to go to comments here in the chat. And Tony Brothers made the game close. <laughs> yeah, I feel like every team has a beef with Tony Brothers. So, yeah, that's a thing. Um, <laughs> I do see a troll in here that says, when is Austin Matthews coming back? I hope soon. Shouts to Austin Matthews. Listen, I'm not one of those people that are like, I only watch basketball or I only watch hockey. It's Toronto, man. Leafs and Raptors, both in first place. Let's go. What a time to be alive, as a wise man once said, right? Um, this Raptors team, though, continues to get it done and continues to get it done at a high level. Um, other things that were great to see, C.J. Miles played pretty well, especially in the first stint that the bench, the bench mob had. Um, C.J. Miles hitting threes, and I found it interesting, too. Leo Routens during the game was talking about how he thinks C.J. Miles needs almost a dribble to get his like rhythm off his shots. When he's coming off screens and he's just shooting the ball, it's almost like he's off balance, right? And he almost needs a dribble to get his body back on balance, but also like all in rhythm with the rest of his jump shot, the mechanics of his shot. It was interesting because you're watching it and you notice the shots that he was hitting was more off the dribble than when he was getting what we, we think are wide open shots, but it's just catch and shoot. And it doesn't seem like he has that rhythm yet. But positive signs. You're seeing him knock down shots. You're seeing him get better. And all you can ask for is a progression, right? It's all you want to see. Uh, but getting back to the bench and why I think so far 
the Raptors have been giving up leads. I think Nick Nurse has figured out that the bench mob needs Siakam, right? So we've addressed that already, how the plan early on, you'll notice Siakam comes out first, Siakam and JV, they'll start the game, but then they'll come out first in the first quarter, so then when they get inserted back into the game, they're into the game with the bench mob. The problem is, in the second half, if you try to do the same thing, now it becomes a little bit more difficult because Siakam obviously has to finish the game. So in the second quarter, when he comes back in and it's the start of the second quarter or it's you know 10 minutes left in the second quarter, they can play a full chunk of that whole second quarter, right? You can't really do that in the fourth. You can't ask the guy to play the entire fourth quarter. So if he comes back in to start the third, and you take them out early again, and now he's playing with the bench mob. Do you see what I mean? The minutes kind of get, you know, thrown out of sync. And so the second half bench mob that we're seeing isn't the same as the first half bench mob. And I think that's where we're seeing a little bit of slippage. Also, too, other teams aren't as deep as the Raptors. So in the second half, when they go to their bench, their bench is still going to have some starters highlighting it. Whereas the Raptors bench isn't the same bench mob at full power, let's say. Maybe that's it. I don't know. It's just a theory. I don't know. Just my thoughts. Let me know what you guys think too. Because as always, I do want to hear from you. Of course, let me know what you guys think of this Toronto Raptors victory as the Raptors defeat the Miami Heat 125 to 115. Again, the Toronto Raptors improved to 17 and 4. The best start in franchise history. They're 9-2 and two at home. But things will get a little tougher coming up because you got Memphis, who's off to a great start this year. As long as Mike Connolly and Gasol are healthy, that's going to be a solid team. They're off to a great start this year. That's a tough game. And then, of course, Thursday, big-time matchup with the Golden State Warriors. So some big tests on the way. But one positive is they aren't back-to-backs. So that means we should see Kawhi Leonard in both of those games. Also, the other thing about that is Steph Curry is expected to play at some point during this road trip for the Golden State Warriors. Does that mean he's going to play Thursday against the Raptors? I would hope, I would think being the competitor that Steph is and watching how the team's been struggling without him, but also how well the Raptors have been playing. And, you know, he has ties to Toronto, Right. I, I would assume that he probably really wants to play in that game. So it'll be close. Will it happen? I don't know. But I kind of do want to see, and I know it's a regular season, and I know that it doesn't really matter because it's a regular season, but those are games that I think the fans will be up for. I think the players will be up for that game. And if you go back to last year's game, that the games the Raptors played against the Warriors, those are two super close games as well and highly contested games, so I would expect the same this year. Kawhi Leonard, if you remember, he also has good games against the Golden State Warriors. If you remember, obviously the Spurs would have been running into the Warriors in the playoffs, so he's pretty familiar with that team. Yeah, I mean, those are the games that will tell, to me, to me, those are the show-me games. That's what I call those games. Those games against the Boston Celtics, those games against the Sixers, you know, against the Lakers, those are the show-me games. And so with that on the radar, you got Memphis, but you can't sleep on Memphis because they're legit.
But that Golden State game is, is coming up on the horizon. And the Raptors continue to get healthy. So that's also a good thing because they, they're coming up on being full strength, right? And again, the importance of this Raptors team being at full strength means Kyle Lowry doesn't have to play heavy minutes. I mean, he played 35 minutes tonight, which you don't really want him playing that many minutes. But, hey, when Miami's making a little bit of the run of a run, you got to come back with your starters. And that's where, you know, maybe having the extra body on the bench, whether it's Norm, taking those CJ minutes, you know, DeLon Wright played well, I thought. DeLon Wright and Freddie have been playing well the past few games. Those guys have really stepped up and sort of found their form. Um and we, we talked about it before, right? When you have those two guys going, DeLon and Freddie, it just eases some pressure off of Kyle Lowry. He can, he can chill out on the bench a lot more. And then when he comes back in, he's a lot more fresh, right? And again, he can just lead that offense and go, 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 go. Crazy game tonight. Raptors win. Raptors were up by as many as I want to say, well, to start the second or the third quarter. This is when the game was really over, right? I felt like it was kind of close early. It was kind of close. The Heat were hanging around. They were kind of grinding it out, and they are hanging around. It was nine points at the half, but it was nine points, and the Raptors shot 56% at the half, right? Miami only shot 37% at halftime. So it was one of those things where D-Wade had 16 at the half, and he kept them in. Like He was tied with Kawhi being the high scorer in the game at halftime. But then that third quarter... That's what I mean. Those starters, when they get it going, when they're knocking down shots, and when they get easy baskets, which starts at the defensive end, they started 10 of 11 in that third quarter. The lead was up to 26 and 25-8 run to start that quarter. It's tough to come back from that, and it's tough for another team, especially if you're the Heat and you're relying that much on Dwayne Wade, especially because they got a bunch of injuries. It's tough. A lot of teams wouldn't be able to sustain that. The Heat gave a good fight, but at the end of the day, too much Raptors, too much Kawhi, too much Kyle, and too much Pascal. Pascal Siakam for the All-Star team. Something we really got to seriously be thinking about here, especially if the Raptors continue with their record being as good as it is. It's not that far-fetched, Pascal Siakam on the All-Star team, along with Kyle and Kawhi. Just saying... Just throwing it out there. Also, too, the other part of this is the way that Kawhi has been resting, does Kawhi even play in the All-Star? I know I'm getting ahead of myself. We're in November. It's about to be December. All-Star game's not till February. I know I'm getting ahead of myself here. but So I'll stop myself. I'll stop myself. Don't want to get too far ahead. I'm going to settle myself down there. But again, Raptors win. Raptors win. Raptors win. As I check the chats here... Thank you for people to, sh- to shouting us out and tuning in on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. A huge shout out to the people on Twitter at Shell Alexander that joined the show. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And especially shout out to, uh, oh, I know exactly who this is, asking about my thoughts on Hyman. <laughs> I think Hyman is a fine young man and a solid scorer on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Shout out to Zach Hyman. But uh, again, thanks for joining me on what we like to call the Wrap It Up podcast, which is available live on Twitter and Periscope right after each and every Toronto Raptors game right here 
on Twitter at Shell Alexander. You can send in your questions either on Twitter or on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And if you miss it, because hey, it's a Sunday night. There's Sunday night TV going on. Maybe you, you flipped over to Sunday night football. Maybe you flipped over to watch the Grey Cup, which is also going on right now. But it's okay. We got you covered. The reason we do this is because you can watch this on your time because it becomes a podcast, which you can find on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on Google Play. All you got to do is search On Blast Podcast, and you'll find this Wrap It Up Raps Post Game Show there. And of course, lastly, as always, special shout out to the YouTube people. Huge shout out there. Lots of comments and people showing us love. Greatly appreciate it. I just want to let you guys know I do read the comments, and I really do appreciate the kind words, the love that we've been getting on the pod. Um, shout out to a bunch of people. There's someone in there. I'm trying to scroll right now. Uh, Khalil. Shout out to Khalil. Khalil says that, uh, he says, quote, Keep up the great work, fam. I started watching your show last year after my team, the Cavs, swept your Raptors because I wanted to see how Raptors fans reacted to the sweep. I much say I look forward to your show because you guys have a vast knowledge of the game and it's good to see the baby dinosaurs grow into real Raptors. Hashtag respect. <laughs> There's a little backhanded compliment in there, but I appreciate the love nonetheless. Send us anything, you, anything whether you agree or disagree with us, that's what this is all about. And there's a great conversation going about whether the Raptors should try to trade for Bradley Beal, people going back and forth, uh, someone else asking for more Chris Boucher talk. Hey, we're all about the CanCon. Shout out to Kelly Olenek, right? Uh, so yeah, keep sending in the comments. Raptors fans, continue this conversation because it, it's not just about right after the game. Obviously, it's flipped into a podcast that you can listen whenever you want. But also, tweet us. Hit us up. Let us know what you think in between the games. Because the conversation is running 24 hours. We are silent no more Raptors fans. We're trying to give us a platform, build a community where we can discuss what's going on with the best team right now in the NBA. Because the best team in the NBA is in Toronto. And it's your Toronto Raptors. So, like I always say to end every podcast, I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps Post Game Show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, in Memphis, see ya. On blast.